Hey, it's been a busy week, but when I wasn't trying to plan my move from Pennsylvania to Maryland, I somehow found time to read a buttload of good comics, and now I'm here in front of a microphone ready to tell you all about them as the New Year's comic spree hits its third week. One more to go. Man, comics are such a great release. When, when you've had a hard day at work, or you've got a lot going on at home, just taking an hour for yourself, shutting off the world for a spell, and falling into all of the worlds being created for our enjoyment, no matter what company, what publisher, character, or story, and th man, there are weeks where I know I need that. I'm sure you feel the same. Comic books, a great entertainment medium that I love so much, Hence the name of the show. Welcome back to the comics that we love, a show where I normally sit down with a guest each week to take our favorite stories and comics, dissect what makes them great. Sometimes the creators themselves will join in and help us understand their process and how they attack their work. I am your iconic cartoonist and theme park creator with a dark, dark secret. And podcast host Zach McCrary. This week, we have ghosts, demons, the realm of imagination, and a kid who got famous for cramming a hot dog in his mouth. How's that sound? The New Year's comic spree continues as I spend January trying to catch up on all the books I missed from 2023. Well, let's be honest, some of the books I missed in 2023, because there are just so many comics and so little time. So without further... Adieu. Let's keep this baby rolling and talk about some comic books. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's... First on the list, we got Ghost Lore coming from Boom Studios, issues one through six, the whole shebang thus far, uh, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Leo Max, that's all one word, colors by Jason Wordy, letters by Ed Dukeshire. In my humble opinion, Cullen Bunn is one of the kings of comic book horror, and his ideas are always quite varied while being very accessible, like you could hand them to someone who doesn't do a lot of reading, and they'll be fine. What might I consider horror that's less accessible? I'd say anything from the Bone Orchard mythos from Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Now, I love what's going on there, because you know those are my guys, and I love the Bone Orchard mythos, but it's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. There's, there's a lot of kind of out-there weirdness, as opposed to a very straightforward style you often get from Bun, and I appreciate that, because I think there's obviously room for both of those things in the horror comic book landscape. And like I said, I'm not knocking any of those creators. I'm huge fans of all of them and all their work. Anyway, that was why I had picked up Ghost Lore initially, what I was saying before. Ghost Stuff by Cullen Bun, sign me up, and it hasn't disappointed me so far. Admittedly, 
taking a little while to amp up and get us to where we're going, but that's okay. It's a fun story. This is the story of a father and daughter who have a serious life event take place that allows them to now, going forward, see the dead. Both of them. But what happens when you can see the dead? The dead recognize that someone knows they're there, and they want to tell someone their story so that they can move on, hopefully. And that's a big part of the first few issues, is these two learning about their abilities and how to deal with the dead at basically all times. Because they're around you at all times, according to this book. And this is also the story of a father and daughter who just do not understand one another and don't get along. They are just too different and are like oil and water. Even their approach or maybe the version of their abilities are vastly different with one seeming to be more violent and the other more peaceful. And we learn that they aren't the only ones of their kind and that those people are now noticing them as well, for better or for worse, because there seems to be a bit of a feud between some differing viewpoints on what to do with these abilities. It's a fun book. I Like I said, maybe a little slow at first, but Bun is really taking the time to spread this world out, introduce a lot of characters, and drop breadcrumbs of what's to come very sparingly. Six issues in, and I think the story is just really getting started. It's really just starting to get some steam behind it. For me, the coolest part is that often the daughter will listen to these ghost stories to help these people move on. And so we get to do that as well. And that's pretty neat. You know, this ghost tells the story of their life and what happened to them and why they are where they're at. And I think that's a unique feature of ghost lore. Getting the lore of the ghosts. The art is solid as well, uh, very much bent towards realism. Uh, what Leo Max is doing with the spirits, though, is pretty sweet. They've got that kind of Ghostbusters vibe, by way, uh, but way more serious and sad at times. And every so often, you get something that that's like riding the line on grotesque, but never steps over the line, remaining tasteful. I don't think ghost lore is for everyone, but if you like this brand of story, and if you like Cullen Bunn, I'd suggest checking it out. I think it's going to be a banger here in the next few issues. I'm really enjoying it so far. And should I, you know, should I find time to read fresh comics again, I'm going to try and keep up with this book now as it comes out. Second book that I picked up and finished the first arc of was one that I sung the praises of when it first came out. Uh, I don't think I talked about it on this show. I think I talked about it on I Read Comic Books. But it's the book from Image Comics. Something Epic, issues 1 through 7 I read, written and illustrated by Simon Kodransky, letters by DC Hopkins. This was one that I loved from the day it came out. I got three issues in before I fell off and just started accumulating what was left of the run. Uh, Something Epic, the first seven issues, are the first arc of a bigger story that Kudransky is telling, and I believe, barring any issues not comic issues, but regular issues, that Something Epic is returning in March for the beginning of book two. So I'm super excited about that. What's great about this comic is that Kudransky really knew what he wanted out of this this story, this book, and knocked it out of the park. 
the whole thing is very cerebral and discusses how as we grow older, we lose the ability to imagine, uh, but, but that we all still have what it takes to create if we can get past ourselves and the walls we've created around that part of who we are. Of course, this comic gets into that on a much bigger, more grand, magical level, where there are people known as epics who are able to not just create, but through their passion for creating, actually breathe the things they come up with into life, into actual existence, Just, but, but only within the realm of the imagination. So other epics can see these things, but normies can't. Everything they think up comes to life. Even if it's just like a, a thought that they have and then they never do anything with it, it still winds up existing in some way. It's kind of like a, a wild Peter Pan meets the Matrix meets Harry Potter kind of thing that's going on here. Our main character, Danny, has been able to see this realm of imagination all around him his entire life. But after tragedy strikes his world, he closes off from all of it and stops creating for himself. Uh, in his adult years, he opens back up, as it were, by his own fears finally coming to the surface, and he is thrust back into the world of imagination. Now, this is this is a chunky book. There's a, there's a lot to read, and it's all very fascinating. Like there are these gorgeous splash pages that Kudransky manages to like. Well, not Kudransky actually. What's the? I just forgot the fellow's name. D.C. Hopkins, uh, our letterer. So Kudransky gives him these amazing splash pages and then Hopkins very, very deftly makes all of the massive amount of words that Kudransky wants to use. Because, like I said, this is chunky. This is like 90s X-Men where we, there's a lot of talking and a lot of narration. And uh, he like just seamlessly blends them into the story without taking away from the art. And it's really, really masterfully done. Um, and I really liked it. But like I said, there's a lot to read, but it's all very fascinating. Plus, there's a lot going on here. There's the basic story of this whole thing. But just under the surface is a dialogue of what it means to be a creator and how you can use it to make yourself and the world better or tear it down. And Kudransky's art, like I was saying, absolutely stunning. There is a very painterly aspect to most of it, I'd say. Uh, painterly is the word that I like to describe this guy's work. It's very detailed, very smooth, very dark. Uh, it looks oil painted, I think, but what the hell do I know? Probably digital, but still. It's gorgeous. And yet he covers so many different styles depending on the various creations he comes across that were thought up by people. So... Yes, most of it is done like the real world, quote unquote, is done in this like painterly style. But there's 8-bit video game people, comic book heroes, anime characters, weird cartoons, and also evil characters that range from cartoon cat vampire to grotesque demon. Grotesque must be my word for this episode. He really flexes his artistic muscles in something epic. And I think it's what makes the book work. Uh, a comic like this needs to not only dwell in the land of real life, but also be able to throw weird stuff at you. And it's it's pretty cool. Now is the time to read something epic. The first arc is over, and the second one is soon to begin in like two months. This one, it's going to pop back up on the show again someday. Maybe when when the story is completely fully told. but Because I think that there's just so much to dissect within this one, and I love that. So... 
someday look forward to that book getting its own episode something epic go check it out hey have i told you about the show's patreon i have well that guy didn't hear about it yet so bear with me as i tell you that if you want to support the show you can hang some dollars on the money tree over at patreon.com forward slash tctwl we'll give you your own shout out on the show give you our episodes early and of course there is the post credit scene where the chatting continues with my guests but with less of a format and also once we hit 10 patrons i'll be starting up my hickman era x-men podcast where i'll go through the entirety of the krakoan age from front to back i don't know how i'm gonna do it yet but i'm sure gonna give it the old college try and if we hit 20 uh, patrons, I'm going to start doing monthly giveaways of one of the books that it was presented on the show that month. Much more to come this year on patreon.com forward slash TCTWL. Get in while the getting's good. So the third book that I checked out this week was Dark Ride from Image Comics. Issues 1 through 9, uh, the writer and co-creator, Mr. Joshua Williamson, artist and co-creator, Andre Bresson, colorist Adriano Lucas, and letters by Pat Brousseau. This one started back in 2022, admittedly, but it rolled through 2023 like a speeding roller coaster, and I missed all of it. I think when this first came out, I read the first two or three issues and just kept collecting it and just never got back to it. But now, I am all caught up. I read all nine currently released issues of Dark Ride as of this recording to catch back up on it. And man, it is ridiculous, brutal, and fun. I was a big fan of Nailbiter and a lot of stuff Williamson has touched at DC. So when I heard that he was doing a book about evil Disney World, I was like, yup, gonna have to get that. And that's kind of the gist of this story. What if Walt Disney had sacrificed his wife to make a deal and have the power to create Disney World? What if he kept sacrificing people to gain more and more for the park and, and gain power? What if now his kids are taking over the family business and they don't fully understand what their father has been doing and uh, how the family became so successful? This this one's not for the faint of heart, I will say. Do, do the park mascots look a little bit cartoony sometimes? But other times, the detail gets kicked up a notch and they get gruesome. And this comic does not shy away from violence. I mean, it's dealing with demons after all, and Andre Bresson is on point with just just the right amount of gore when it's needed uh, for effect. But very, very tastefully done still. But, but it's there. It's there. And the mystery of the packs made and with whom uh, are what is driving this book. It's also still just being fleshed out as to how each murder affects the park exactly. Those windows are just starting to open, but it's a really fun romp. His kids, uh, their, their names are Sawin and Halloween, are as broken as one would expect when they're the children of an iconic person and they're trying to get out of the shadow or trying to take the family business over and make it thrive. And they have interesting stories all about themselves along the way. It's a beautifully drawn, uh, beautifully colored, and the story is, like I said, it's just plain fun. I'd love to see this get made into like a horror movie, 
or maybe even like a like a short series uh like on one of the streamers or something maybe even twisted towards a horror comedy honestly i i don't think the book itself is a horror comedy but i definitely think in the transition to film it would show more as such and if you're down with a little evil and some gruesome scenes spliced with a tongue-in-cheek disney parody of a theme park dark ride is a treat i suggest checking it out our last book for this week came from mad cave studios it was a comic called under the influence written by elliot rahal oh this is five issues by the way written by elliot rahal uh, art by stefano simeone and letters by frank kvetkovic kvetkovic it's one of those two i hope sorry uh, this is a book that I had originally picked up on a whim after hearing the premise. I thought it sounded pretty unique, even in the land of comic books. Under the Influence is the story of an undercover FBI agent who is trying to get to the center of an internet cult called the Hot Dog Party that's taken hold of the youth of America. Their leader is this influencer who used to be a meme when he was a little kid, a picture of him completely housing a hot dog went viral, and as a college-age teen, he took advantage of that and twisted it into creating a community around himself that eventually became something way more than that. So this FBI agent goes undercover at the university where our influencer-slash-cult leader studies and stuff gets out of hand real quickly. People dying, people being manipulated into doing things. I think this comic is an interesting look at influencer culture and the need to create a community around yourself and your brand if you want to make a living as a personality on the internet and how that could totally get out of hand if the wrong person had a quote like come to power moment suddenly your listeners or your watchers aren't just using your special code to buy blue chew they're rioting in the streets at your behest i mean I mean, hell, let's be honest, there there are influencers out there using their platforms as a mean to spew lots of garbage and sway the minds of their audience in ways that maybe aren't great. So, you know, yes, this is fiction, but it could very easily be one of those instances where, you know, uh, where reality mimics art. It's pretty wild, and all of this happens pretty quickly. So I got to read this from front to back in one sitting all five issues and i think that the last few things i've said though were the only drawback for me everything happens rather quickly because the story was only five issues we don't get a lot of time for our main character to investigate what's going on and because things escalate so quickly it gets a little murky why this guy and his people are really being investigated in the first place at least until everything just goes completely off the rails I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong, but man, this is one of those instances where I feel like this story really needed more time. Given, uh, get, like, give me an under the influence that is like 12 issues, and I bet this book becomes twice as thought-provoking. But that's just something you have to be okay with with indie comics, you know? Creators have so many, so many places to work and ply their craft, which is awesome, but often publishers you know, they're not really more willing to go more than five or six issues. Then again, maybe five was the plan from the start. What do I know? Regardless, I enjoyed it, even if I do feel like it needed more time to really develop into something that was not just good, but great. 
Okay then, time to put the period on the end of the sentence. Hope your reading is as enjoyable as mine has been. This has been a blast, but man, even doing this, I still have a massive stack. There are just too damn many good books out there to read. One week left of the New Year's comic spree. Haven't decided what my last books of this event are going to be yet. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, by the way, if you have any suggestions for me from your 2023 pile, uh, you could get a hold of me and let me know. So if you're a patron, you can hit me up there. You could also just drop me an email, and that email address is comicsthatwelove at gmail.com. And put the subject, New Year's Comic Spree. Not much time left to throw in suggestions, though. If I don't get it by the end of January, I'm sure it'll pop up on one of my solo runs down the road, and I'll give you a shout-out then. But yeah, let me know what you, what you got. Anywho, catch you next week for the grand finale of the New Year's Comic Spree. And that's a wrap for this week. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review and leave us a user review on your favorite podcast app. It'll really help the show continue to grow and find new listeners. You know what else will? Tell a friend. Tell ten. If they like comics, they should know about the comics that we love. If you want to support the show and get lots of extra podcasts and other content as well, there is a Patreon that helps keep the lights on and internet connected so that we can continue bringing you that sweet nerd media. Links to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the show, and as always, keep reading, keep dreaming, peace. The Comics That We Love